another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight. Well, first off, I'm on. I feel my body in two different places. I'm still playing for both. All Forbes here. Sometimes it feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke. Tom Bailey's on the show. Finally, Mr. Sarcasm himself, Ricky Hyde. This is the prediction show where we will make a complete fool of ourselves. Football, we don't know anything about it. Well, good evening and welcome back to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. And what a cracker we are going to have for you tonight. Uh, myself as Tom Bailey is joined with three wonderful guests. Uh, we'll start off with the voice you just heard in Adrian Hopper. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yes, I'm looking forward to hearing about the game last night, so... Uh... Let's get going. Come on. Come yes, on. Come we'll on. get on that. We will get on that. Uh, a man who was there last night was Mr. Paul Thorpe, who joins us tonight. Good evening, everyone. I hope you're all well. I hope the head's not too sore, considering the uh, the bedlam that went on. The, the, the couple of little Swifties that we had after the game went down <laughs> very well, being that the fact it was like a winning drink and, uh, you know, the excitement uh, carried on, yeah, just for a couple afterwards. So it was good. They taste so much sweeter. <laughs> I and, certainly uh, do. Also joining us tonight is Mr. Rick Hyatt. Evening. How are we? I'm 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 all right. I must say I think Thorpey's impression at the start's getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> Done anything like him. Well, it's far better than that. <laughs> well, um we will touch on uh some of the other fixtures from last night, but I think there's the elephant in the room we need to address, which is, of course, the derby that went on yesterday. Yeovil 2, Weymouth nil. Obviously, Thorpey, you were on the mic last night. What were your, your general takeaways from uh, from the result, of course, finishing 2-0? Well, first and foremost, it started off... I mean, there was, there was an amazing crowd for that level of football, an absolute stonking crowd. And uh, I, I must admit, it was a bit subdued to start off. I thought it was going to have a lot more noise. But um, Yeovil first half, we're taking it as two halves. So first half, dominated possession. Absolutely dominated possession. Created some chances. Not as many as I'd have liked. But really didn't put them to bed after a fantastic start and getting, which was an amazing cross by Jordan Young from the free kick. And I believe it was an own goal in the end. Um but uh, it, they got on the, the, the best start ever, you know. And then to not to have those chances, and then not to be ruthless, not kill the game off in the first half, came back to bite them a little bit in the second half. Until they got that, you know, they didn't play as well second half. Weymouth grew in confidence, and they had three really fantastic chances. Now, listen, I said in, in the commentary, it's not about creating chances. It's about putting the ball in the back of the net. And Weymouth didn't do that. 
you know, so that was the bonus for us. But it was very dodgy, and I don't think we were commanding enough in the second half. But really pleased when we got the second goal, and also um, pleased for the goal scorer as well because he's been a bit, you know, he's been hardly been a bit short of the old goals, and uh, maybe that hopefully will catapult him into scoring a few more. Yeah, he definitely looked sharp last night when he did come on for his for his cameo. I was very impressed with him as well as um, Sonny Cox. Rick, do you think that uh, Sonny could bring? I, I won't kind of remember the surname. Do you think he can um, bring some uh, good fortune off the bench a, a bit like Hyde did yesterday? Cause, I mean, he did look sharp and he, in fact, provided the assist on his debut. I don't know how much you saw. It's uh, it's like the the manager said, isn't it? He offers something different. He's an alternative to what we've already got, and uh, yeah, he looks someone who can play at a much higher level. So. You'd imagine that that coming in uh, uh, National League South, he's, he's going to take to it like a duck to water and be very productive. Although I think that, that wasn't. Did you see the uh, the reaction on on YouTube from Weymouth's manager? I think he was at a different game, wasn't he? It was. Although he was uh, very proud, he was very was, proud. Yeah, he was very proud. Very, very proud indeed to um, lose. Maybe. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if you're actually... I didn't see you if you were there. Um, I don't know if you've got any sort of additional thoughts on last night. Who, me? Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, were, were, I... you, were you there last night? <laughs> no, no, I was... Uh, my heart was in Manchester. Um, yeah, uh, well, first of all, as we've already said, the crowd is phenomenal. I, I can't believe that. 6,000, nearly 7,000 is fantastic. And, and so good for for the faith that um, Martin Helly has put in to get a crowd coming for you know that sort of quantity is great, and it obviously helps his his cause as well because there's a bit of gate money as well to sort of spread around a little bit. But um, you know, it's it's is it eight games on the trot now or something? We are or nine. I'm not sure which one of the nine. Three. Nine. Nine games. I mean, yeah. you know, that is you've got to give credit to the team. You've got to give credit to the manager. You know, it's all going right at the moment and all we can say is we just hope that it'll carry on going the way it is because it's fantastic at the moment and it makes up for two years of sheer purgatory, to be honest. It makes Just it makes a thought about the um, about the attendance. Just a thought about that, just to say how you know how impressive that attendance is. The uh, uh, a, a very recent England captain who's moved abroad for purely footballing reasons and nothing to do with uh, money at all played his last game in front of six hundred and ninety six people. Yes, yeah, I saw mm. that. Incredible. So that's is there a, a message there somewhere? Pardon? I said, is there a message there somewhere? What, Jordan Henderson's a greedy bastard? Yes, yeah, there is a message. That's the one I was there. thinking of, yeah. Yeah, hmm. that little message. Is that the mask slipping, I see? <laughs> Sorry, have I revealed too much? <laughs> um, obviously, Way uh, Weymouth, Yeovil are in action once again. Sorry for cursing there. Uh, Weymouth, oh my god, I've done it again. Yeovil, you... oh, just a thought before you go on. Were you, I, I saw you wrote a piece today, which was very good, very interesting. Were, were you one of those naughty people in the Thatcher's band singing naughty songs about Weymouth? No comment. That'll be a yes, then crack on. It depends on the naughty songs. It depends. <laughs> I sang some. I sang a few songs. Um, songs were sung. But, uh, yeah, I was definitely there. We'll say that. Um, obviously, Yeovil on Saturday uh, playing at home once again 
this time against Braintree. Um, I believe they picked up a win last night uh, against Hemel Hempstead. Uh, Thorpey, is it you on this weekend as well with Dave? No, I'm not. George, um, isn't uh, it, um, I think. Yeah, George? yeah, George is on. George, George is on George. main Well, firstly, you can listen in on Three Valleys uh, on Saturday with Dave and George. Um, yeah, and also come down, see what's going on. They've got plenty of activities there, Hog Roast, uh, Bouncy Castles and stuff, charity event and all that. I believe there's halftime entertainment as well, so we'll be looking forward to see that. Um, let's get on to the Champions League stuff from last night. We'll start with the uh, the boring of the two fixtures being uh, Sevilla 1, Arsenal 2. I'm not sure uh, how much of that was uh, was looked at by all of you. Um, a big win for Arsenal, though. I mean, Sevilla, I imagine, are preparing themselves to finish third, which they currently sit. But um, Arsenal now top of the tree. Rick, do you think this is um, a, a statement of intent from Arsenal that they're going to take the Champions League seriously as well? Uh, possibly, but the, the nature of that group, if... Arsenal, had they lost that game, they could have finished the evening in bottom place. As it is, they won it and they're uh, they're top. So it's one of those those groups that the only guarantee to come out of it is that Sevilla will finish third, qualify for the uh, Europa League and then win that. That's the only thing you can be guaranteed out of that group. But I mean, Arsenal, hopefully it's, uh, it's a distraction for them from a Premier League point of view. But uh, they're doing well. Um, you, you can't you can't knock it. They're getting results. I see that uh, Ramsdale was on the uh, on the bench again, so that's his future pretty much pretty much mapped out. I think that's uh, Arteta's made his decision, and it's pretty obvious that he's uh, he's out of favour. It's quite a kick in the balls, really, isn't it? Because when you yeah. play the way that you have played, and I don't think I've ever really seen this in 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 my, all my time watching football. Where a goalkeeper is playing well, and the manager has decided he doesn't like you, you know that 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 to me is one hell of a kick in the balls for Ramsgate. And I'd get out straight away. I wouldn't mess about. He's he's really like put the boot in there and said said to him, really, I don't I don't fancy you because why would it why would it's, he change it when everybody else is so. Sorry, he's not even he's not even been a pretense of swapping it around and playing playing them both. He's he's coming and he's made the commitment. Yeah. That he's 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 out of favour after having played the whole season last season and, and played really well, and also so I think you're right. and also to me I'll be quite brutal. He's lied on national TV because he said his words were, "I was di- I I felt at times last season that I could have changed my keeper at mm. half time." And then when his new keeper is going to have an absolute shocker, as far as I was concerned. In one well, he game. did on Sunday, didn't he? He did yeah, against uh, Chelsea. It was all was not good. You know, dis- all about his distribution, playing with the ball, putting people in in trouble right in the middle of the pitch in the defensive third. You know, all these things that coaches don't, or I, I personally don't like. He was doing, and then at halftime, he didn't change his keeper. So, to me, I think Ram Ramster should really just leave straight away because there's going to be an abundance of teams that will want to take him. He's playing well. He's he, he's pushing, and also when you think about it, it's it's detrimental to his English career as well. He would then go down because if he's not playing, he'll go down the pecking order, or should do, you know. And that's not good for him, right? You know. So I would I would say, look, you don't fancy me. Thank you very much. Get onto my agent. I want to move. 
and do it in January. I think I saw that uh, he was linked with Chelsea. That's what I saw. I saw that. It'd be interesting to see if they uh, were to go for that. Um, there's not really much more to say about Arsenal than they're top and well, they just. There is something else to say that uh, Jesus. What a great second off. goal! Yes, he could be out for three or four weeks. That's uh, you know. Oh really? Yeah. Well, hamstring. They were saying. Oh, might be. He was fantastic. Mm. He was absolutely fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, the way they, he took the second goal. That's a big, big loss. I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, the way, I mean, his second goal, he came inside and basically looked, everybody was going, look, he's going to pass it. And then he just put his head down and whipped it in far corner. That's an absolute player, you know, on, on top form, you know, so it was very good, a fantastic goal. Definitely. Um, I'm sure he'll be a big miss. Someone that uh, didn't actually make any misses at all last night was Andre Onana in the uh, the other English Champions League game. Manchester United won Copenhagen nil. AD, you said your heart was in Manchester. Uh, was your heart in your mouth as well at times with uh, Andre Onana in goal? 50-odd minutes, it was uh, not good. But having said that, Onana uh, made two fantastic saves. The penalty and a save earlier on. Mate. It, was, it was a great save. And mm. uh, he certainly seems to have, you know pulled his finger out all of a sudden and he's playing you know the way that one would like to think he would if you're going to pay 45 million for a player he's um he's doing okay at the moment i mean i was one of the first to criticize him and say get rid of him when he was dropping the ball all over the place like he was but but he certainly you know he's got his act together so you know more power to his elbow and long may it continue because uh he's a big lad though and he's a big old unit so go throwing yourself around he's uh yeah he's okay but as for the game itself, um, again, United, first half, very, very pedestrian, very lacking in ideas. It just just went on and nothing particularly happened. Second half, they did at last start to play the ball around a little bit and had two or three chances, which they should have done better with, especially Garnacho um, and, and uh, uh, Rashford as well, really. Um, but um, at the end of the day... Uh, you know, to get a penalty in the last five seconds was, uh, I, I was sat there thinking, how much longer, how much longer? Surely it's going to, the whistle's going to go in a minute, and it did, but for the wrong bloody reasons. So, uh, yeah, to go and give away, uh, I don't know, did, did you see that, Paul, you're a professional player, or you were, did you see that as a penalty? It's soft to my liking, but... Um... The fact that it then brought the drama that it did, I think there's it's great entertainment for the fans, but not very good for your heart. But um, no, I thought, uh, you know, uh, my, my evaluation of it was very poor first half. We showed in the highlights because they only showed two actual bits of, uh, you know, footage for the for the first half. Second half, it picked up. Um, the only person I'm really, really pleased for is, you know, after, you know, and I've been very, very critical of him, is Harry Maguire. You know, he's... Um, He's come back and he got himself uh, a goal last night. And, um, you know, I, I was extremely pleased for him because he's gone right through the mill and um, he's come back uh, fighting a little bit. And um, it, the team is, in fact, looking better for him being being back there. It's a little bit more um, what I called old school centre-half defending. Um, and uh, the, the fact that he's... His most positional his positional play is good because he hasn't got the, the best pace in the world. 
Um, and I think that his form has been such in the last few games that he's played has actually enhanced the, the performance of the team. So well done, Harry Maguire. And um, I'm pleased I'm, I'm pleased for him because I was very critical of his uh, performances before. So, um, you know, big pat on the back uh, from me. Rick, any final thoughts on that? I was going to ask you about Maguire, but I think Thorpey's summed that up pretty well. But you can always agree with me. Thorpey's right. Well done, Thorpey. <laughs> <laughs> now, Barry Maguire and his big old microwave head, head is uh, is back in favour, isn't he? He's, I mean, fair play to the lad. He's got no... You think he's lost the captaincy. He's been abused left, right and centre. His manager tried to sell him. And then he comes out and puts a performance on in like that. Then that's uh, that's fair play to him and, and all credit to him because he looked part he, the way he's playing now is the way that Ten Hag wants the centre half to play. He's dominant. He's he's on the front foot. He's he's playing with a high in a higher defensive line and not being a liability within that. So so that's all good. Uh, Anana's had one good game. It's not yes. Carried away I, with I, it. I, had, I would agree with that. Yeah, he's had one good game. And I know yeah. it all, everything's got to start somewhere, but let's not count the chickens. He's had more bad games than good games so far. But um, as a big uh, Scott McTominay fan, did you did you did you feel for the lad when he gave away a penalty, Tom? I didn't feel anything. I was too, <laughs> I was too busy feeling elation at, uh, at Hewish Park in the Thatcher's Terrace. It was wonderful. With your potty mouth. With my family-friendly mouth. Okay. But it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> Never in a million years was that a penalty. It was ridiculous. And the fact they didn't even send him over to look at it because it might have been contentious. He might have been... The referee might have been unsightly because he wasn't in the best position to see it. But for VAR to actually agree with him that that was a penalty was nonsense. You know how we, we said about... Um, Hilda said on on Monday about he thought Liverpool should have had a penalty earlier in the game than the one they did have because anywhere else on the field that was very foul so therefore it should be a penalty the one with the McTominay thing for the penalty was he did that anywhere else on the field it wouldn't be a foul so how that managed to turn into a penalty is beyond reason but I mean in hindsight hindsight is king it's nice for um, Anana because it you know, hopefully, as Adrian said, hopefully it is something for him to to build on. And he got his moment in the spotlight and a bit of adulation and uh, a draw would have been tragic. It's funny, isn't it? Because like sometimes you go, you get signed by a club and, and it's almost like, um, do I do I belong here? Do I, can I settle in here? You know, and he's only been at the club a very short time and uh, he might just need that bit of uh, direction or support to you know, because you know, it, it's you bring you come to this country and you bring your family over, and it's you know, your kids. If he's got kids, are the kids settling into everything, and um, fact, is family life good, and is he does he feel settled, and all those combinations, and then you've got to train well, and you've got to, you know, then you've got to play well, and so it's it's very very difficult to um, to sort of like uh, settle in, um, and, and hopefully um, it works. It'll feel like he's contributed now. Whereas yes. all, the, all the media attention he's had so far have been about mistakes he's made, he's not done yeah. things. Whereas now he's done something positive. Because, it's not so, funny, because you've, you've joined a massive club. You know, and when you yeah. come to see, look, he was at Ajax. You know, the fact that he was at Ajax, brilliant. You know, he's going to have a, a, a do it. All of a sudden, wow, I'm going to the Premiership. Oh, fucking hell, I'm going, excuse my French, but, you know, um, other rude words are also available. 
But like it, it, it's Whoops. oh damn! I'm I'm at Man United. I'm I'm, in, I'm going to play in the Champions League for a massive club with expectations. Do you know what? And um, that that brings its own pressures. Now he's all of a sudden he's done something good in the Champions League, yeah, which has helped win the game, and that will bring him a lot of confidence. And I mean, actually, I, maybe I do belong here, you know. And that and that's um, I think quite an important part of of, of a professional footballer's. Um, stature and, and uh, you know whether he can cope with those type of things and if he just starts coming along now and feels like he can you'll get better performances from him because he, he might be a bit busy at the weekend as well moving on to predictions Tom <laughs> yes moving on to predictions <laughs> on I was hoping for an entrance point I want to make about the penalty imagine Quick if one. if um, Anana hadn't saved the penalty and it had gone in um, we would have then ultimately more or less been out of the Champions League and we wouldn't have much of a chance of getting through uh, in that position. So think of the money, the potential money that Manchester United would have lost and the Glazers would have lost as well. I expect they would have been crying thanks to a decision that, that VAR were afraid to, ba- to make, basically. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's where I think that VAR has got a position to play, but they bottle it, don't they? That's after trouble. It's only as good as the humans using the tool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, move Um, on. With that, we will move on to the predictions for the weekend. We will start with uh, what was the last team uh, for last weekend's fixtures. In fact, the first team for this weekend. We've got Crystal Palace hosting Spurs. Um, Rick, do you think Palace could perhaps throw a spanner in Spurs' works here, being top of the table, which I still hate? Um, do you think they can do something to cause an upset table here? Topping, it is Palace. To- table topping Tottenham? Uh, a mouthful. I'll let you keep that one. Um, do you think they could do something to, to stop them? Um, I think that it's going to carry on for at least another week. Uh, I think it'll be tighter, though. It might actually be a, a really dull affair because the way... Palace ship goals at the weekend. I would imagine Roy will have had them drilled all this week. And of course, uh, Tottenham can play a game on a Monday and a Friday because they have no European football. <laughs> so uh, that's why they can they can fulfil these fixtures. But I think they'll they'll edge it by the odd goal. I think. Thorpey thoughts as well. Uh, yeah, I think they'll win it comfortably, but um, only for that. There seems to be a little bit of a spark lost at uh, Crystal Palace. You know, Crystal Palace, going to Crystal Palace was really difficult. And even, to be fair, last season, he made it into like a little bit of a fortress there. And they, they that's why they eventually got out of, of, of trouble. Um, they've gone back into their old ways again. And then they've lost a little bit of, you know, Zaha's gone. And, but other people were stepping up to the plate. And all of a sudden, it's, I think their structure's wrong. I actually think you should be attack, 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 especially at home. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that. But I think this will be um, a comfortable win for Tottenham. I think it could be two, maybe three, um, nil, uh, maybe one, three, one or three, nil. I think that Tottenham will win comfortably and stay at the top of the top of the league. Eddie, uh, well, a one clean thing sweep? I, I noticed that uh, Roy, I was going to say Roy Maguire, he used to live in the village, uh, Roy Hodgson, mm-hmm. um, he came out and said afterwards that they were absolutely slaughtered. And uh, I, I suspect that, that Palace might give some sort of a reaction to that. Uh, and I, I think it, it could be a draw, 1-1. One, one. Oh, he's going big for the first one of the weekend. 1-1. <laughs> one, one. Mm. Well, 
Friday what about night. You, Mitt, come on. Don't play I'm the, the host. Hilda Pryor card. If, I'm the oh, host. I'm just here to talk about it. Go on. Make I'm here on Hilda's orders. I'm the host. Uh, I think it's going to be a 2 0 Spurs. I can't see much past that. Um, with no Eze and no um, Elise, they have not got many options up front. Um, and with that, we'll move to Saturday. Perhaps a, a um, a format we could see more often in the future with the new TV deals. We've only got two three o'clock kickoffs. We'll start with a twelve thirty kickoff though. Um, Chelsea hosting uh, Brentford. Thorpe, do you think Chelsea's performance against Arsenal uh, uh, last weekend could spell good fortunes for them this weekend against a Brentford? Who I mean, they demolished the Burnley side, but they've not looked much this year. No, uh, it's it's funny. I think that he's slowly uh, getting his players. Uh, over to his wavelength. Whether that comes through in this game, I certainly think that they've played certainly but very well uh, in the Arsenal game, but then shipped in a couple of goals when the, the dy- dynamics of the game changed. But um, Brentford, I, I, again, I, I really enjoy watching them play. I'd love to see them get a result at um, Chelsea. They have an opportunity, but I'm thinking Chelsea might just nick this one, might possibly 2-1. Maybe 1-0 or 2-1 I'm going to go for because I do think that if Listen, which Chelsea's going to turn up for first and foremost, but they're at home and I think they could just nick it uh, by the odd goal. AD, do you think that, well, do you agree with Thorpey, basically? Chelsea continue their run? Yeah, I do. I, I don't necessarily agree with Thorpey for the reasons that he stated, but I just think... Oh, that bloody hell. Pardon? Um, oh, I, bloody I just, hell. I just think that Chelsea have, have kind of turned the corner. And when you consider how much money they spent on all these players they've got there, you know, sh- surely it's not unreasonable to expect them to start turning it on a bit. And they, I, I don't know how many games they've gone now. Is it two or three that they've won on the trot? Um, I just think that uh, they're going to win quite easily, quite honestly. Right, full house for a Chelsea win this weekend? Nine! I think yep. that it's going to be a one-all draw. Ooh. And Mudricks will Ooh. go back to being pants and not put crosses into the net anymore. Are you willing this into existence? I am. It shall <laughs> be so. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think Chelsea are the finished article. They did play really well against Arsenal and that was a great game. But Mbueno coming back into form, which sort of suits Brentford playing on the on the counter and they're away from home. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just think it'll be a one-all draw. What do you reckon? Um, I think it could be a, a, a one-all draw too. Brentford have won their last two games at Stamford Bridge, but Brentford have not looked great this year. No. And Chelsea are turning a corner. So I think, yeah, one-all. I think that'd be a fair result as well. They'd both be happy with that. Um, I think a one-all would certainly suit one of the two sides in the next fixture. One of the three o'clock kickoffs is uh, Bournemouth against Burnley. That's a massive game for, well, both sides, obviously. Burnley um, being dealt with rather easily by Brentford and Bournemouth falling at home to Wolves. Um, Rick, do you think this could be uh, Iriola's last game in charge of Bournemouth or do you think they're going to stick with him through thick and thin? It depends on the commitment the owners have got to getting him in as a buying into his philosophy and whatever, because he came there they appointed him when there was no real reason to sack Gary O'Neill. So clearly he became available and he was the man they wanted. And this is, as we mentioned earlier in the 
in the last pod. This is the last of their easy, for want of a better term, games. And then they've got some tough fixtures coming up after this. If Bournemouth don't get a result and they stick with him, then they're in it for the long haul and they probably stick with him for the rest of the season regardless. But if they if they decide to jump ship now, it, it makes you wonder where they go because they had a guy in charge last season who was doing working wonders with them, turned them into a mid, comfortable mid-table team and they jettisoned him. So it's a difficult one. And it could be the game that kickstarts the season for either of these two. It is that it is a really, really massive fixture that defeat. I know it's very early in the season, but defeat whichever team loses, it doesn't look good for them for the rest of the season. I wouldn't have thought. So with that, I think it'll be a draw. But I don't know how much. I can't really dull this week. It's just going for draws left, right, centre. <laughs> Take it after me. I think they both got. They'll both be absolutely scared out of their pants playing this game. Everyone's going to be so timid it, it could fizzle out into a nil-nil draw because they're they're too scared to lose it rather than be brave and go to win it or it could be a 5-4 classic because they both think what the hell and we'll uh, shit or bust I don't know but I'll, I, I'll go for a very boring draw AD do you see a draw on the cards here tricky game really tricky game but uh no, I think Bournemouth are going to win it. I don't know why I think that, but I just think it part of me, part of my um, law of averages theories, and that I'd, uh, I just think they could uh, they could sneak it one nil. Bobby, you got to back. Well, I, I just a... think yeah, I think it's an interesting one isn't it? because there's a you know where the way they've played the, the, so far this season is both managers really haven't learnt anything um, uh, about their teams and the way that they should be playing in the Premiership. Um, the, the, the tippy-tappy football that they've been trying to play, uh, all very fancy and very nice. They're nice football teams, but it's not really uh, going for the juggler and uh, the way that the real top boys really do it. Um, this one, I think, could be... Uh, it's another interesting situation as well, where, like, the, like, like Rick said, they, they've got rid of um, the manager, which they didn't need to do, and they brought in a guy that they think that they need to change you know, to, to, to bring the, the club on. That's not obviously happened at the moment and they've got a massive chance and I think they will go down um, of losing their premiership status. So, um, and I actually do think that Burnley are going to win this one and I think that it will put Ooh. another nail into the coffin. So, um, I think out of the two of them, Burnley are the better side. So, I'm going to go for a Burnley win on this one and not sitting on the fence with a boring draw, Mr Hyatt. Again, <laughs> is that two two? <laughs> yeah, we could have even gone a one one, but is that a two two? Is it <laughs> more more intriguing about picking the result for this one? Is it's just occurred to me where, where is this fixture going to feature in the Scott McTominay Bailey match of the day prediction? Because he normally oh, picks out yes. whichever game is going to be last. And I, yeah. I fancy Tom might think it's going to be on last. Oh, absolutely. Seeing, seeing the rest of the teams is absolutely last. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, a team that deserves to go last on match of theirs that stands um, is Sheffield United. They could be in for a tricky afternoon in the other three o'clock kickoff. They are away to Arsenal. Um, I don't think we're going to have to say too much about this one. So we'll, um, well, we'll just run through it quickly. AD, 
any chance at all for Sheffield United? Yeah, I think they've got a, a chance, but if they if they can put the sort of commitment in that they did in the first half against United, then they've definitely got a bit of a chance. But if they can't, then they've got very little chance. It's really down to the players if they're going to put the commitment in and and, and you know turn it on a little bit. They they could just upset Arsenal a little bit. And Arsenal have had a midweek game with the Champions League and a, a trip to Spain and that you know all these little things make a difference. So I, I just got a funny feeling that that Sheffield United, if if they could turn it on a little bit, they could perhaps cause a bit of an upset. But that's as far as I'm let's prepared get a, to go. Let's get a score out of you. Mm. One nil to the Arsenal. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield United. Thorpe. <clears throat> he's got he's gone big he's gone big one old Sheffield United Thorpey <laughs> would you agree <laughs> absolutely not you know let's be honest uh, uh, listen if they if they get a one nil they've got to score first and basically sharp shot and um, and I just don't see defensively that they're good enough to do that you know I think they're a side that, that will enjoy this year um hopefully they learn hopefully they stick with a manager um but I think this is a this is a possible 4 0 for me. I think this is um one where Arsenal will dominate. I think they've got the the, the only thing about it is obviously with their injury um to a, to a certain star striker uh, Jesus so I think that that's gonna maybe hold it back a bit so that because I could see, certainly see him getting the type of hat trick you know because he's ruthless as well like he's got great ability and um I don't think that those type of defenders will be able to cope with him. Um they need to be on absolutely the best form ever and Arsenal have got to have a really very, very bad day. Don't see that. So for me, anything from 2 to 4 nil. Rick? I wasn't sure about this game and then I heard Adrian's prediction <laughs> <laughs> and I think that can only mean it's probably going to be about 5 nil to Arsenal. <laughs> it's going to be a Hilda Pryor. Goals, goals, goals. This and obviously, obviously, none of AD's uh, players that he's picked for his uh, dream team are going to do anything at all. They're yeah. all the pot already. Thank, thankfully, I haven't got a Sheffield United player in my team anyway. So. <laughs> Very wise. And also the fact that I, I don't like the Thorpey bullying me and, and saying that I'm boring. So, I <laughs> not that I'm bowing to any pressure at all, but Adrian predicting a Sheffield United win. Thorpey calling me boring makes me decide that it's going to be 5 0 to the arse. As painful <laughs> as that is for me to say, it will be. Oh, I'm loving it. Loving it. <laughs> and we will come to the 5 30 kickoff now. Final one of Saturday, only four games on. Uh, Wolves hosting Saudi Arabia. Uh, Rick will stay with you <laughs> since Saudi Arabia is your favourite topic. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think that's Gary the podcast will... over? We ain't got enough yeah. time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um, Wolves could spring a surprise against Newcastle because in they're in the uh, the performance they put in against um, Bournemouth at the weekend? I think they've got every chance. You know, they Wolves have had some good results just recently on the quiet, beating uh, Abu Dhabi. They might do the Middle Eastern double and get a result against Saudi Arabia having beaten Abu Dhabi so uh, I think they've got I think they've got every chance Gary O'Neill I mentioned him before and he's he's becoming a very very good Premier League manager you know he, he sets his teams up well they're difficult to beat as United found out 
first game in the season when they should have, they should have lost to them as well. So I, yeah, I, I, I think that Wolves have got every chance of, of coming away from this with a, with a two one, with a two one win and. Uh, Oh, and of course, yeah, it's just occurred to me. This is going to probably bring one of my favourite things of the season. Because the last time Gary O'Neill, one of his sides, came up against Newcastle, he completely blanked Jason Tindall and, and shook Eddie Howe's hand. So it'd be interesting to see what goes on after the match this time, to see who, who dives in to try and shake Gary O'Neill's hand first this time. Because Tind- Tindall's normally there. But no, he's been blanked. Like shoving, so, uh, shoving Eddie Howe out of the way. Do you know why that is? Is there any you know, rumours or have you seen it in the... Because um, he's a bellend. <laughs> he's a bellend. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually known him a couple of times. He's not a bellend. He's, he's all right. He's not too bad. Thorpe, your, uh, your thoughts on, well, Jason Tindall's Newcastle, if you will. Do you think they could, um, well... Business as usual for Newcastle or Wolves, as, as Rick has I, I said. Think that, I think they're playing really, really well. And um, although I do agree with, with Rick a little bit about the way um, he sets his teams up uh, at Wolves, I think that uh, he he's definitely improving. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a walkover, but I do think that the quality will come through and it might be a little bit of a 2 1. Um, uh, you know, for for Newcastle, you know, but I, I do think that they will they will play they'll play really well, Wolves, and um, they'll be up for the fight. And I think he, he, right, I think he'll set his team up really well. Um, that's why Bournemouth should have got rid of him. But I do think that that they're the ones that like work really really hard, and something just doesn't go quite go right, and they let a goal in, and um, they play really really well. Again, something doesn't go right against the top team, and they'll let another goal in. I think that's possibly what might happen. But uh, listen, they've got every chance. But I, Newcastle, Newcastle got European football as well tonight, as we record. Yeah, so. they have. They have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they and obviously they're learning. You know the, the yeah. strains on his players as well going through that. But and so that might might help Wolves a little bit. But um, for me, I think they're just playing slightly too well at the moment. Um, you know, so I think it might be a, a, a Newcastle win by one goal. AD, any any additional thoughts on on that one? Um, on paper, it ought to be an easy win for Newcastle, but uh, if you notice, go back through their results, they they occasionally slip in a bit of a howler, and uh, I would have thought if they're going to slip one in at all, it would be after a European uh, match. So I still think they'll probably win two 0 but there's a little bit of caution there. Because, as I say, they do occasionally drop in a real howler. So, uh, it might be tomorrow. But then again, it might not be. No, not tomorrow. Today, isn't it? Is it today <laughs> or is it next week? That must be next week. Yeah, come back in the room. Paris. Aidy, come back in the room. Put <laughs> yeah. his chair back in. He's losing charge again, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? What do you think? Well, oh. I'm not sure. I think it could be a one-all, which is boring. But oh. I think I don't know. I don't think Wolves have got enough to beat Newcastle. But I don't think Newcastle will be at the races, which for again European football. So I'm. I think it could be a one-all. I, if I was, if I had to say a win, it would be Newcastle. But I'm going to go for a one-all. I think. Yes, tonight. Oh, have you taken some Ricky Hyatt tablets? <laughs> Oi. <laughs> 
I just predicted two wins, one win, five nil. What are you five on? nil, <laughs> dear me. It's ages since I predicted a draw. <laughs> I haven't predicted a draw at all. Going for <laughs> it, definitely going for it. Goals galore this weekend. Well, speaking of um, a, of, of Rick's five prediction, there are five games. On Sunday, we finished up with Saturday's fixtures for now. We've got the early kickoff of uh, one o'clock for West Ham United hosting Everton. Um, with Everton looking, well, unstable, we should say, against uh, Liverpool. Um, Thorpey, do you think that this is a chance for Everton to kind of get them get their season back on track or West Ham will um, get themselves going following their but- defeat? Well, there's, there's two dynamics to this. Is once uh, tomorrow they've got Olympiacos away, they've got a trip to Greece. They're coming back. Certainly, Everton uh, should have definitely got something out of the Liverpool game, and they they were robbed. To be fair, I'm going to say honestly that they were cheated out of that one. Um, for for which we we spoke about in the podcast on Monday. Um, but um, yeah, I I do like the way West Ham are playing. Everton are getting better. I am actually, this could have a lot of goals. I'm going to go for the 2 2 draw. The sitting on the fence draw. Is that boring or is that not? A draw is an exciting draw, isn't it? It's a very exciting draw. So it's not a 1 1 or a 0 0. You know, okay, it's a 5 5 draw. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) We all heard that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, if it, but yeah, I, I think that there's. Two good, two, two, two. Yeah, this could go two ways. Like, but you know, it could be West Ham, and then you know, winning well at home, or a five, five. It you could mean? be, uh, yeah, by five, yeah, and then um, possibly either that or the the, the boring two-two draw. Ad, do you see a way in for Everton at all? Not really. No, I don't. And especially all this talk about. Um them getting points deduction again um, that's sort of suddenly come to be topic of the week so um, I think there's going to be a lot of extra pressure there anyway bearing that in mind so uh, no I think West Ham will win easily 2-0 Rick thoughts um, thoughts on so, this? this I'm very confused now because having based my Arsenal prediction on Adrian's <laughs> prediction I now agree with him <laughs> I agree with him on this one, so I'm really confused. I think I think West Ham will do it too now. David Moyes. David we'll Moyes against his former it's the David Moyes derby. It is yes. indeed. It is, yeah, I think I think it'd be two 0 West Ham. Well, one game that um may not finish up as a as a two 0 is the next one. The one of the two o'clock fixtures, uh Aston Villa hosting Luton. Um Rick will stick with you. Aston Villa, of course, on a run now, hammering West Ham at home, uh, especially after their Brighton game as well. Could this get ugly for Luton, or do you think they've shown enough in that Forest game to to get something out of it? I think Luton had best concentrate on their next fixture after this. I mean, Villa are on such a high at the moment. Uh, I th- I think this could get embarrassing. For, for, it's going to be four, four or five to Villa, I think, on the, on current form, the way they're playing, the way they're ticking, they're purring at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be very uh, very pleasant 
than the Hatters, I don't think. Sorry, Steve Rutter, but it's, it's mm. not. Uh, they yeah. Avoid this one if you're if you're a if you're a Luton fan. Well, obviously, you've mentioned midweek with um, a couple of the the teams having European football. Aston Villa, of course, being another one. They're away in in uh, Holland against AZ Alkmaar. Do you think that could Alkmaar. have any impact against uh, against their fitness or sharpness? Listen, always putting an extra game in is going to like take a little bit more out of the legs for sure, for sure. But I just think that they're a team buzzing at the moment. They're, they're a club that are buzzing. The fans are buzzing. Um, he's got them playing really, really well. Um, they've got players that are fitter there. And so I do worry for, for Luton, although I, I think they definitely are improving as time goes on. And I still you know, would like to think and predict that they might just do the impossible and stay up. Um, but I, I just think that, they're again, they're playing just so well, Aston Villa. I think that they're going to be on the front foot, closing down harder. And uh, I think that will wear uh, Luton down a little bit. And I think that they'll, the late latter part of the game will be really important. Um, so my prediction for that one is, uh, is a Villa win um, fairly comfortably um, by two. AD, our first full house of, of the afternoon, evening. Uh, AD's microphone well, we've lost stopped. Him. There is Sorry. a god. Um, the man I had the audacity to kick out of my uh, fantasy side, I suspect is going to score probably a hat-trick, so I think uh, Villa will win easily. 3-0. Who have you kicked out? Ollie, Ollie Watkins. 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 I just no. checked, it's gone. You yeah. kicked Ollie Watkins out when they've come yeah. out to play against Luton. Yeah. No wonder you're at the bottom of that league. Believe yeah. <laughs> me. I mean, that's no, the reason mean, I'm at the bottom what, of the league what, is because he didn't score the start of the whole about? season off. He's been, he's what been rubbish. What were you thinking about? Dear me. Uh, we'll touch, on the, we'll touch on the fantasy league later. Uh, <laughs> I've just, I've got it up actually. It's, um, it's interesting viewing. Um, we'll Scott, go, what do you think? For for Aston, oh Aston Villa, it's it's. I don't want it to be because I want Luton to stay up because it's yeah. going to be one of the greatest stories of all time. But yeah. I think this one is just too much for them. Villa easily four nil maybe three nil. Um, we'll move on to uh, well another team that's in well in fact every team is in European football. Um, the next one two o'clock kickoff is is Brighton hosting Fulham. Ad, do you think um, Fulham obviously played on Monday against Spurs? Looked like they they gave it a good go, but couldn't really do anything with it. Um, do you think Brighton can address their their poor run of form? I've just seen they've actually not won in their past five games in all competitions. Um, yeah, well, put it this way: if Brighton were playing somebody else, I might not be quite so happy about it. But I think the fact that they're playing Fulham, and I didn't think Fulham looked a, uh, very good at all against Tottenham, so uh, I think Brighton will have enough in the tank to be able to beat them. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil to start off from AD. Thorpey, would you uh, would you agree with that? Oh, I, I'm going to disagree with one of the comments he just made. I, I don't think they played that badly. You know, they didn't do a lot wrong. But just I think the Tottenham were just just, just really ruthless. I thought their, their set-up play wasn't too bad. They made a couple of chances. You know, and I think this will be a lot closer than, than, than what you think. Um, Brighton need to pick up some form. They do need to pick up some form. Uh, 
But they have a really, really good manager and I think he'll set them up uh, well. And I think this will be a really good game. Um, and I, but I do think... Uh, I think Brighton will probably nick it by one. They might nick it by one, but it's going to be a decent game. There's going to be a lot of chances flying around here. and um, you know. But they, again, Brighton have got to go away to Ajax tomorrow um, at clock kickoff. So it's... Uh, you know, that's going to be difficult for them as well. They get a good result there. That'll bring them a little bit more confidence going into the weekend against Fulham as well. But um, it's going to be a decent game, that one. Two good football insides. Well, yeah, I can say Brighton are... the bottom of the league or second bottom of the league in Holland. Doesn't mean anything. You reckon? Well, only time will tell. But the Brighton are at home on both games. So that's a, an important factor to take into, into account as well. But, uh, you know... <clears throat> Rick, full house? Yeah, European football hasn't done Brighton any favours, has it really? But um, I'm surprised that they haven't won for that for that many games. But they've got the... Uh, they'll, they'll, they've got enough. They'll, they'll get past Fulham. Fulham did play some nice football against Spurs, but Spurs are just doing Ange things at the moment. So, And Brighton really need a win. And uh, Fulham could just be where that happens I think I think I think it'd be uh, Brighton by the old goal probably 2-1 Full house for uh, yeah, Brighton i Well the final two o'clock kickoff being Liverpool hosting Forest uh, Thorpe we'll, uh, we'll jump to you first as our resident Liverpool fan um, obviously again Liverpool European football hosting Toulouse on Thursday um, yep. I'm sure we'll be hoping for them to not to lose. Uh, oh, really like limp, it. Really limp there on that one. Do you think uh, Liverpool have got too much for Forrest or there could be a shock on the cards here? Well, again, Forrest, I've uh, got some really lovely players. I enjoy watching them play. They like to attack. I just think that away from home, um, it's, it's maybe his tactics and that are just not quite there. So I'm expecting them to work really hard in the game. Do quite well in moments of the game, but I think the key points will come through, and um, I think Liverpool will have too much class for both Toulouse and 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 Nottingham Forest, especially with the, the squad they've got. Um, you know, we've been up there recently with my daughter to watch them play Leicester, and I think that um, you know the, the start the club is starting to move in the right direction again. So I'd like to think there's two good wins there, um, and that's what I'm expecting as a supporter. So. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think that listen, I like like the way that they try uh, Nottingham Forest and the way they play. I think they're easily stay up this year, um, but uh, I think we'll have too much class for them. Ad, would you uh, would you agree with that? No, I think uh, Nottingham Forest going to have an easy win actually. Uh, I think <laughs> five nil. Yeah, I, I think that could be pretty close to the mark, Poppy. Yeah, five nil. Why not? <laughs> Well, I mean, they're, 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 they're good away from home for us and uh, they won't have a problem with going to Anfield. So, no, I think I think 4-0. Let's not get too mad. 4-0. 4-0 for us. Come on, the forests. <laughs> Rick, uh, would you agree with uh, AD's inspired analysis? Uh, important uh, fitness issues uh, for, for uh, Liverpool, obviously. Is Craig Pawson fit? <laughs> <laughs> is he is he going to be available for this week? Oh, and he was, he was man of the match on Saturday, so 
He had a shocker. Dear me. <laughs> Dear um, me. I, the, the only real cast iron certainty about this game is the fact that uh, Mo Salah will score a penalty. Other than that, um, it's it's in the lap of the gods. Why are you looking at me like that, Tom? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I just, I, Rick, I just wish the listeners could have seen your face when you, when <laughs> when Edie was talking. Your expression on your face was absolutely classical, right? You know, so. Um, but, well, somebody's uh, got to come out with these incisive predictions, <laughs> haven't they? There was so no sitting on the fence there, Edie. I can tell no, you that now. Definitely Fabulous. Not, mate. Definitely not. Fabulous. It's one of those games that it's going to be 4 0. It's either whether it's 4 0 to the heart or 4 0 to the head. Um, sadly, it's more likely to be the head, so I, I think. Yeah. I think Liverpool will do it 2 0. I'm, I'm happy with that assessment. Uh, I'm not sure yeah, who'll get the other. I'm not sure who'll get the other goal though. Because we all know who's going to get one. Craig Pawson, probably. Craig Pawson, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> rising at the back post like a salmon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we move on to the uh, the final fixture of the to? weekend. Yes, I'm afraid we do, Rick. Uh, it is the biggest game of the weekend. I will I will add. Um, it is the Manchester derby, Manchester United hosting Manchester City. Um, Thorpey, we'll, we'll start with you and then we'll we'll hear from the, the resident United fans. Um, any any hope for United this weekend? 4-0 City. <laughs> 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 yes, that is correct, Rick. That is four. Well done. You were at school that day. Um, it's, 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 it's gonna, it's an interest. Listen, anything can happen in the, in the derby. Um, I, I, I personally think that the, the nice football will obviously come from, um, from City. Um, they'll create, of course, they'll create chances. Um, but a little, uh, what's happened against Copenhagen, I think, is is also relevant. I've given them a bit more confidence. But it really is to me. This one is all down to the manager. You know how he sets up that team to play against uh, Man City. That listen, we know what the qualities they they, they possess. Um, you know, so um, I, I I think City will win it personally, but it's all dependent on how he sets up Man United. If he sets them up poorly, uh, I think it'll be quite easy for City. If he sets them up right, what that will be. Is in midfield. If he if he needs to dominate midfield, if he can dominate the midfield, they've got a chance because uh, and they have to be really ruthless in in, in dominating that. So I think because if they they allow City to um, control the possession in midfield and set up play with the crosses and that, I can see that being a bit of a nightmare for them uh, for, for for United. But um, he he occasionally worries me the way he sets his team up and. Uh, and it's certainly nothing that I would personally do, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I'm going to tell but City by by one. If he doesn't set up the midfield right, City by three. Rick, would you uh, agree with that assessment, or oh, look, is, is heart is heart leading not. overhead? <laughs> look at his what face. Was the, what was the score last season at Old Trafford? I think it was uh, it was two one, wasn't it? You would be correct in that assessment. Yes. Uh, the thing is, 
That was last season. I know. And United had a system and they were playing well last season. This season, they've been an absolute yeah. absolute shambles with no sense of direction, incoherent performances, not impressive at all. I, I, my biggest worry is it could get embarrassing. Mm. I don't, I, as much as much as I love United, you've got to be a realist about these things. And uh, they're just not playing very well at the moment. At all, <clears throat> so I'd hope. I just, I just hope United keep it, keep it. Uh, I hope it's a competitive match, and it's not just one of those ones that turns into like the game against Liverpool last season, where you know it's just attack after attacking United rather than play a game sensibly. Commit how do you, Rick, Rick? As a supporter, then how do you see? I mean, like. I've sort of said what I think about you know being yeah. in How do you see them getting a positive result? Uh, it's a tough game, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, it is. It's a massively tough game. It's the wrong team to be playing when you're playing the way United are at the moment. Mm. If you were flying coming into this, like they, like they were last season, the, the game at Old Trafford, United were in great form. Yeah. But this one, they just. But then again, it's it would be so Manchester United to turn around and and, and nick it. And pull would, it out you, somewhere. Would you really pack the midfield and leave, leave a lone man up front and then get the four, maybe the, the, the fourth, and then the five across the the middle to make it, and then yeah. defend you've, you've and then got, go you've, counter-attack? You've got to deny Liverpool. Liverpool? You've, I've got yeah, yeah. horrible you teams are. on the mind. Are we rent yes. free in your mind, Rick Hyatt? It would appear so. Uh, yeah, you've, 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 got to, you've got to deny Abu Dhabi space in the middle of the field and try and keep and it width. Tight. and width yeah yeah and width. just stop them so by it, playing that four and then the five it, I, yeah it, it, it really does a bit of both it allows you to four try five. and control the field if that there's you I, I i would probably play amrabat casemiro and mctominay in there together yeah, yeah. mount for ball retention purposes and the one bright spot united have got is hoyland and he's 20 years old and not got the experience, but he could nick you a goal. Rashford but, was as far out of form as I've seen a United player be for a long time. So he's he's going to do something, I would have thought. But but, but with the, the lad up front of Hoyland, to be fair, the one thing he's got is enthusiasm. You know, yeah. so he'll so he'll run all day. He'll run all day. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, and then when he's exhausted, he does become exhausted because you know. He'll, he'll do that channel run because he's like, like you say, yearning, he's energetic, and he wants it. He loves playing for Man United, you know. And I've enjoyed watching him play. You know, and if he comes really, really tired, you could then put somebody else up there, you know. And hopefully, that energy up there, you know, that you might be able to create a few chances on the break. If they've got to press high, that 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 is not a sitting four five. That's a very aggressive four five. Dominant you know, half at the puck, yeah. And then by that, really putting them on the back foot. Then when they do win the ball. In midfield areas, then they can counter attack early, and that's where Hoyland will come in, and that's the way I think that, that that they could actually get a result. But if they sit back four or five, I think they're doomed. Doomed. Yeah, but I think but Big doomed. Barry, Big Barry in his microwave head will have Hoyland, Harland in his pocket. So I don't think he's scoring. I don't think he's going to be a problem. The but way he, Barry's playing at the moment, he's not. He's not be scoring as many, is he? No. You know. You know, somebody in Germany's been taking his leaf. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll go we'll go for the... We'll um... just, yes, we'll just jump in here. The final thoughts from uh, Mr. A.D. Hopper. Is there, as as we've touched on with the with uh, Paul and, and Rick, is there any chance at all for United in this, or is this a city... A city um... Well, as you know, I'm the eternal optimist. So, first thing is, um, if you recall, we lost... Uh, 7-0 to Liverpool last season away. And of course he recalls it. He, he watches highlights of that game every night before bed. Of course he recalls it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, getting stuffed to that degree, it must have left um, an impression. And I'm hoping that, that they will go out there and say, look, potentially this could happen again if we're not careful. If they can keep it as a, a keep it even... I won't say nil-nil, but if they could keep it even till half-time and play fairly reasonably in the first half, then I think United have got a chance. I think Rashford needs to suddenly spring back to to his his what we hope to be his best form. Um, and Hoyland could pinch one. Um, Casemiro is quite uh, adept at pinching the odd goal as well. So being the eternal optimist, I'm afraid I'm going to say... Uh, I think United can at least get a draw. And with that, we've uh, come to the end of the predictions. And I believe the end of the show. We'll just touch on the fantasy standings. We've not had an update on them for a little bit now. Um, There appears to be a clear leader now. Uh, Great Balls of Pryor, led by Mr. Hilda Pryor himself, um, currently have a 41-point lead in first um, in Welsh. Wow bringing up second place. Uh, there's a three-point gap back to third where Adam Davis has uh, leapfrogged with a very good week. Uh, so he is now on the uh, the final podium spot. Uh, I've dropped to fourth, which uh, I'm not particularly proud of, but I'm not. I'm just happy I'm not last, so we'll take that. Uh, Gav sits in fifth on a 4.85, a few points further back. That's nine points back. Uh, then there's a bit of a gap to Mr. Rick Hyatt in sixth uh, on 4.61. And then you've got your Burnies and Sheffield Uniteds with Rick Hyatt. Uh, sorry, with AD Hopper Oi! and uh, and Sire <laughs> sitting in <laughs> sitting in uh, seventh and eighth, uh, bringing up the rear. But uh, AD's gained another two points on Rick, so you never know. Maybe the gap will yeah, begin my, to close. Bloody my lot have been, my lot have been an absolute sour for the last. Form's got form. My form has fallen off the cliff. So uh, the wild card has come in this week, and uh, you wait. Drastic measures. Drastic oh, yeah. Measures oh, oh, God, I'm getting tired now. Yeah. <laughs> Flying up the table now. And uh, with that wonderful note, I suppose we'd better end it. So, uh, Rick, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. Give my love to Craig for me. <laughs> and Scott. Uh, <laughs> Thorpey, thank you very much for joining us as well. My absolute pleasure. And uh, I suppose we'd better hand it over to the big man himself to sign us off. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. I know there's a few outlandish results going to come on on the weekend. And uh, for all you City fans, it's going to be a shit weekend. And on that note, this is Football Bloody Hell signing off.
different places. I'm still playing for both teams. Sometimes it feels I was born with two faces. I feel the smoke climbing down my cheek. I hear the jokes.